comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. All geek without the steak. cook all for myself anymore yeah i'm getting tired of making huge pots of things and then having to eat them for like six days straight (laughs) oh no you You need to make smaller pots of things i don't know how to make small things that was the definition of a cold open by the way wow that was cold Hey Brad, you uh, so that song is originally by Eric Carmen, yes, who I believe was one of the members of the Raspberries. He fronted the animals as well, if I remember really? right. Let's ask. Yeah, I hey, think so. Let's, let's ask that computer Jeez. person. No, we're going to ask the computer who? person right now. Ask and, G- Yes. No. Jeeves. Here we go. Hang on. Yes. Shh. What? Hang on, guys. Alexa. Okay. Oh my God. Was Eric Carmen originally part of the Raspberries? Frank, I'm, I'm hanging on right now. Here's something I found on Wikipedia. Hungry Eyes is a song performed by American musician Eric Carmen, a former member of the band Raspberries. Alexa, cancel. Oh, one point for Frank. Very there nice. Job, Very Frank. nice. That's awesome. Okay, Alexa, set an alarm for 3 a.m. Yeah, she can't hear you. <laughs> she cannot hear you okay, right now. Okay, Google. Nobody. Oh, none, mine just none of those. I have, I have a Google house. You're. I don't. Hello, Siri? I, I think you're. I think you're in the wrong time zone. Blow up. None of those AIs can hear you right now. Hello, Siri. What episode is this? Here's some C4 <laughs> I found on the web. Alexa, uh, please delete the internet. <laughs> oh, no. Alexa, cancel. She mine heard me again, and she's like. <laughs> If I delete the uh, internet, the so world will explode. How much the internet explode. do you think we deleted there? <clears throat> what episode uh, are we on, Frank? So we are, uh, according There's to my no notes, 481. And as of this recording, we are still all in self-quarantine. We are under our various counties, are in uh, stay-at-home, under stay-at-home uh, borders. And I'm still not... I'm going to a- get the date. It's, it's, uh, it's April 5th. Yeah, we are recording this on April 5th. This will air... Um, a week a week or so after we record this, so actually, actually, it should oh, be God. no. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I know I'm right. 
Well, I mean, he's bad. I think there's a good reason we have Brad quarantined. Hey. Okay, Jeeves. What? Why is Brad always right? No, is your... Is your uh, Brad is always oh, right no. because he is the smartest Brad man a, in this Skype meeting. I was going to say, a jerk face. All right, I wanted to just Dang briefly it. circle back around to uh, the Rise of Skywalker. I read that novelization. I told you guys I was going to read it. There were a few things, you know, that the novelization made clear, um, and that it kind of, you know, there, when we, when we watched it, we still had questions and stuff like, how did the Emperor survive? Who built the Sith fleet? You know, and all that stuff. Um, so, just a. But Cherry picked a few things. So when Palpatine was thrown down the chasm at the end of Return of the Jedi by... Darth I remember Vader, that. Yeah. Um, how did he survive that? Well, apparently, as he was falling down the chasm, he projected his consciousness into a clone body that he had already had prepared because he foresaw the fact that Darth Vader would try to kill him you know that's what sith apprentices do right there can only be two master and apprentice right right so he had prepared ahead of time and it prepared a clone body well the clone body so he was residing in the clone body maybe on exegol it doesn't i don't think it was that specific so I mean, he was apparently self-quarantining too yes he was right so the body was not perfect because it was a clone body, it couldn't hold his evil awesomeness, and so the there is a group of Sith followers, believers, cultists called the Sith Eternal. That while they weren't necessarily force sensitive, they subscribed to the like they believed in the Sith. Like okay, you have Christians or you have Buddhists or you have Hindus. Well, these were the Sith Eternal, and that's yeah. the way they lived their life. So they, Sithites. yeah. So they helped take care of Palpatine in the clone body. They, um, you know, hooked the clone body up with all this medical miracle that you know helped sustain the body. And apparently, there's more than one clone body. So if they ever needed to transfer his consciousness into another clone body, they could do that. They were the people, the Sith Eternal. They were the this millions of people that thousands of people, whatever that built the Sith fleet and the Sith fleet, you know, that's been under construction for what, 40 years or whatever, 20, 30 years. It's been, it's crewed by the, the children of the Sith eternal. There's this whole community of Sith eternal that has been in existence that saved Palpatine and built this fleet for him. So that's where all that came from. And you can see those people in the big, Audience, whenever Ray is uh, walking into right, and I was never clear on that. I didn't know. Uh, I had heard theories that that was past Seths or mm-hmm. something along those that nature. But you're saying it was actually acolytes. Yeah, it's the Sith Eternal acolytes. So what was in it for them? What's in it for anybody who follows any particular religion? You well, know, that's, that's a question. They, we, it's oh, what they okay. believe. See, I was going to say, I was going to say that's that's a question that you have for anybody who follows someone who's evil, you know, twirling the mustache kind of bit, because it never ends up well for the acolytes. Well, I'm you know, sure they always with, end up getting as with well, they any, always end up getting like eaten by something. This is true. Know? Well, you saw what happened to him when There's when uh, really Ray, very little future in it for those people. When Ray released 
all the power of all the Jedi that she had in her, they were all destroyed. So, you know what any, I think those other, people needed? Um, they needed a friend. Yeah, they did. Yeah, um, any other? Um, any other tidbits? Yeah, uh, Ray's father was a failed Palpatine clone that could not access the Force, and instead of killing the clone and getting really? rid of it, yeah, uh, Palpatine let it go have a life and it had a kid and um it, the thought was that he would allow this failed clone to at least pass on the bloodline and possibly an offspring would be able to access the force and of course that happened okay because I, I was about to say that that seems seems awfully magnanimous for a master of evil and, and what about ray's mother do we know anything about her no she was well, i think her name was shmi and she had a lot of midichlorians in her no that's um, not at all. Is that the wrong so Oh, I was there, about four years a, off there. Sorry. There, there's a, uh, a YouTube channel I watch, and it's this guy's name, Thor Skywalker. That's his channel name. I don't and think he that's does his real name. essays on Star Wars. And, uh, and he was reviewing this article he read about the writers of, of Rise. And one of the things one of the writers said was, uh, uh, you know, every day we would come in. And, and rework the ideas we had to try to fit in as much lore as we could. Now, this is third hand, but, you know, trying to please everyone, trying to get the story wrapped up and just trying to make it uh, something that, that everyone would enjoy. And, and in my mind, that that's one of the failures in that, you know, they, they, they weren't trying just to tell a story. They were trying to tell a story that pleased everyone. And, you know, it, I still haven't changed my opinion on the movie. I still don't care for it. But uh, just for me, the, the story just the story just felt flat. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm fascinated to go back and watch it a, a third time uh, now that you can see it at the house. I did. Um, I got the I got the Blu-ray and watched it. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. And did you uh, there's a did really you venture great... out in the bad world or. Uh, no, I picked it up curbside at best buy oh, okay cool. um there's a two-hour documentary um that's on the blu-ray as well it's really good actually it even kind of touches full circle from you know episode four all the way to to you know the last movie and it shows some old footage and some new footage and it was it's kind of neat it mostly deals with the the construction of this last movie but it's a really cool documentary actually um just uh, one or two other quick things. It, in the book, it does mention that Finn has force sensitivity. They never flat out say that in the movie, um, but in the novelization, it, it leaves no shadow of a doubt that that he is sensitive to the force. And the kiss at the end between Ray and Ben, it goes to great lengths to emphasize that there's nothing romantic about it. It's just an acknowledgement of their shared connection. It's a kiss of thankfulness and gratitude and relief that he's come back to the light. So that makes it a little easier to stomach. But when I watched it a third time, I still wanted to throw something at the television screen. Um, <laughs> um, it does. See, I thought other than the kiss, I thought that was the, the single most redeeming point of the movie. And I guess that was kind of the point of that scene, but uh, I, I, I bit on it uh, the, the first uh, couple times I saw it. There were some extra scenes in, in the movie with Leia and Rose. You know, we heard a lot of what they, I think Bill talked about it. 
They, yep. had, they had built some scenes with Leia and Rose that didn't quite work, so that's why Rose's screen time was uh, less than everybody else's. So there was some of that. And then they didn't quite come flat out and say that Janna, the um, the Stormtrooper girl on the horse, was was Lando's kid, but they kind of hinted that maybe um, she was. And they did pretty much say that Lando was just going to go help all these kids, like, reconnect with their families that they were good. torn good. from. Oh, good deal. Um, so that's, those are the big ones. Um, you know, I, I, when I saw the movie, I was like, how did Palpatine survive? Well, you know, they, they covered that. So anyway, you know, I, I, I wonder if in the original draft of the story, the Jana character didn't exist because we've already established that Rose can ride horses, space horses, whatever you call it. And it kind of feels like, like maybe that role was really meant for her in, in some regard, but then <laughs> being that they couldn't think, get things to work with her scenes with Leia, they, they introduced this new character Jana, because she she's an interesting character, but I don't really think she adds much to the to the story. I mean, she does bring in the radical or the freed stormtroopers at the end. So, I mean, I guess she does play a role, but I think you could lift her out of the story and it would still work. Yeah, um, maybe it's supposed to be more of just a like a connection for Finn, because, you know, now he knows he's not the only one you know, that was taken from his family and now he can relate to this other group of people, I guess. Finally, something for Finn to do. Yeah. Besides screw everybody else's plans up. Yeah. Um, I know you love John Boyega. So I, I took a chance, uh, mentioning that John Boyega is awesome. He's, he's pretty cool. Um, I don't really have any, <laughs> any other comments about rise of Skywalker. I uh, was looking at uh, the Amazon listing for the book, and they said that there's uh, a lot of typos in it. There I were, found that there interesting. Were a, there were a couple. Yeah, I had to stop and, and go, what is that supposed to say? And out of context, I can figure it out. But See, that'll happen if you've ever like um, downloaded a book. Uh, if you ever download a book off the internet that uh, turns out like came from Russian bots or something like that, you'll have to sift through typos big time. I once downloaded a, a copy of Ender's Game, and uh, you basically had to translate the thing as you were reading it. it oh, was, that's crazy. Uh, was quite frustrating. You know? so, but I already had, like, I'd already bought the, uh, the I bought the book twice, so I didn't feel too bad about it. So, Bill, you had uh, a query that we all thought was pretty interesting uh, for this episode. You want to run it by us? Which one, Frank? Uh, breaking quarantine. Oh, okay, okay, yes. Uh, my uh, my question to uh, everybody, and of course, this is uh, this is purely uh, an intellectual exercise because no one's actually gonna you know leave the house at a time like this. But um, uh, what what things do you miss so dang much that you would consider uh, uh, breaking quarantine, taking your life in your hands uh, to do? And uh, yeah, I've got uh, I've got a, a short list of things that uh, that I would I would love to do if uh, you know if the coppers would let us, man. And I don't know. I guess I, I shouldn't say that. I'm I'm one of the um, uh, I, I wouldn't say the few, the proud, but uh, I, I do have uh, an essential uh, uh, 
an essential uh, nomenclature added to my job title. So um, unlike uh, poor people uh, who have been in their house for the last uh, three weeks to a month, uh, yourself, Brad, uh, uh, Buddy Mike, um, uh, Buddy John, guys like that, I have actually been going to work uh, four, four and a half days a week. So uh, boredom has not been my problem uh, so far. In fact, it's it's been kind of crazy because we have been busier because of the whole distance thing. We have been busier putting web casts on for the last two weeks than pretty much any time in my uh uh my history with uh, the company i'm with so it's it's been uh, been a bit ironic hey, but um uh, we have worked harder than ever when we're done with recording said, bill i have a, a question for you uh okay. related to uh what you do for a living tangentially related so i have a question we'll get to that when we're done recording all right hey when Copy we go that. through your list when we go through your list can we each like say one and go around and in circles i think that's a great that's idea good. all right you first bill okay well cool well the uh, the first thing i would love to do and and i'm i think it kind of depends on what area you live in because i have heard that uh like dallas proper uh, dallas county uh does have this restriction in place i've also heard uh via sports talk radio which is very light on the sports talk these days that uh outlying areas are not adhering to these restrictions and so it may be possible for me to go and play a round of golf somewhere and you know at this point i would settle for a round of disc golf i i want to get out of the house but we're in that that spring you know besides the besides the the self-quarantining we're in that area where it's raining like three days out of five and so you know it's just everything's going to be sloppy and wet for probably the next month and so you know i I distinctly remember when i first started playing disc golf uh, you'd hit the spring and you go okay is there a day in the next week that i could theoretically get out there just work around the mud Luckily, on an actual golf golf course, um, you usually don't have to worry about that kind of thing. Bill, are uh, are golf courses or disc golf courses are they closed? Because I know that they're encouraging folks well, to get out and exercise, but I'm wondering if like city parks are closed, you know, stuff like that. Uh, your the answer is that again, it, it depends on where you are in the country. Uh, I honestly don't know um, what the answer is for the the Dallas metro area. Um, I have uh, I've. Uh, I've finally uh, given in and become a uh, become a redditor. Um, so, uh, disc golf is one of the subreddits that I follow, and uh, you do get a lot of uh, complaints that uh, hey, even though we can theoretically go out, and I've actually had this uh, I've had this argument uh, that I won by the way um, with uh, Reddit people about going out and playing disc golf in this environment, and uh, uh, somebody was. <laughs> Some 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 uh yeah, some redditor was complaining that hey man people are going out and playing disc golf don't you know you can get COVID from the chains and I'm like can I gently point out that the UV radiation in the sun is the best uh, are they uh, licking cleanser? the chains. That was kind of my point. Uh, so apparently you hold the disc, you throw it into the chains, and then all of a sudden COVID jumps from your disc all over the chains, and it's just like crawling, you know, all over the chains, and nothing can stop it, oh, except for the sun. So my point was, look, as long as you're not licking each other's discs, uh, it's actually what? It's probably one of the better th- I know. I'm sorry, Frank. I Do did I not need to bleep to- that? <laughs> I, Brad, I would just for the uh, just for the gag, <laughs> just for the gag, unnecessary censorship. Yes, the uh, the. <laughs> 
unnecessary censorship makes everything funnier, even for me. Um, but but no, uh, apparently the uh, the complaints are that uh, you, you the disc golf courses are more packed than ever because people have far less to do and so you're seeing lots of groups of six and eight and ten and twelve people out there that are all like chest bumping and high-fiving and licking each other's frisbees and stuff and uh you know it, it, it's a drag because uh it could be something that was really about as safe as anything could be you know as far as leaving your house is concerned and um you know it's just it's this the classic uh, american trope of a couple of idiots are ruining things for everybody you know most people that go out there I, i've heard a number of stories about people who go out by themselves and groups of two or three or something and they maintain their social distance and you know they you know they adhere to all these these best practices that were that are being handed down by governments and judges and, and whatever's, um, but you're invariably going to have idiots who either think that they're bulletproof or they just don't care. And uh, uh, I don't know. I, I've got friends who are nihilists. I'm not one of them. When um, I when I went to Best Buy the other day to pick up the Rise of Skywalker on the way out, I saw mm-hmm. two um, two cars parked. Uh, like with hatchbacks, like SUVs with hatchbacks, they were parked about right. 15 feet apart, and there were people sitting in the backsides of each of those uh, <laughs> hatchbacks, just talking, just so they could visit. You know, <laughs> that's um, amazing. I I would my my first item on the list is actually something Frank said, so maybe it's on your list. But I, I just I would break quarantine to go sit in a Mexican food restaurant and just oh, th- yes. throw down with a bunch of chips and salsa and a tamale dinner and a cold beer. Yes. Yes. I would make, make uh, so, something that you, uh, Mexican food is inherently easier, easy to make, but to get the spices right and to get the flavor right. I mean, you kind of have to go to a restaurant. For you that. can, you can yeah. make your Unless own tacos. A, at, a, a, yeah. You can make your own tacos at home, but nothing tastes like the tacos or the enchiladas or the tamales from a good Tex-Mex restaurant. Yeah, and, I think what I need to do is is I need to go to Blue Goose and just order like a freaking quart of their hot sauce. There you go. So because Bill, you're not you're uh, not going to get good hot sauce at the house. You're just not. I mean, unless so, you make it uh, yourself. So we're we're speaking regionally now. So Bill, you would want to go to Blue Goose. Brad, what would be your Mexican restaurant of choice if you could only go to one? Well, there's a and this actually is re- this is regional speaking too. So there's a. There's a Christina's just five minutes away yeah. that that I have ah, ordered delicious. takeout from, but it's very it's very delicious and or Angelina's is another good one. There's a uh, there's a restaurant called Herrera's in Oak Cliff that yeah. uh, I go to a lot. Uh, it, that place makes me so happy. I would uh, I would eat there in a, in a heartbeat. We used to have a uh, Herrera's in the Colony back in the old days, and I love that place. Man, that hot sauce would light me mm-hmm. up. That was mm-hmm. not Tex-Mex hot sauce. That was Mexican hot sauce. And woo boy, there's a chain El Phoenix. I mean, it's a chain, yeah. but man is. If their chips and salsa aren't like candy for me, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what is. It just <laughs> oh, unbelievable those. chips and salsa at El Phoenix, but they're closed down. Oh. I would. Uh, uh, I would break quarantine. Well, I don't think I would break quarantine, but I'll tell you what I miss though is just. It's not necessarily what you're what you would do, but what you're really tempted 
to break quarantine for. I mean, we're all smart people here. I think the three of us are smart enough to know that there's a reason this is going on, regardless of the right. the non-believers and the questioners and the people who think they're smarter than everybody else. There's a reason this is going on. So we're yeah. not going to break quarantine. But what are you I, sorely tempted to break it for, Frank? Uh, I would love to go to just like a bar. I'm not a big bar guy, but, you know, I'll go occasionally and just kind of hang out among the people. I mean, one thing I like about bars, especially it's easy to start up a conversation with someone, especially if the bartender's friendly, and just kind of, you know, ma- make a friend right then and there. But uh, that more times than not, you know, you can just just uh, uh shoot the poop with and uh and i miss uh i do miss that you know especially during the summertime that that would be a great great thing to do uh, especially if you have your dog and you have a patio you can go sit out in the patio with your dog and and uh and just enjoy a beer and just talk to somebody and just kind of like so what do you do where are you from hang on a second Let why, me why is your face poop, like and then that? we'll complete our conversation <laughs> why is your face well, all jacked you- up <laughs> Well, I know, Frank, there is nothing you love more. I don't mean to spill any secrets here, but there's nothing Frank loves more than going to a bar and dragging a couple of beautiful babies out of there. It's going to, it's going to put a dent in your, uh, in your social life right now. <laughs> Bill, what, what else do you have we, uh, uh, that, you, that you'd want to break? Uh... Okay. Um, my, uh, my next thing is um, kind of an aspirational thing. Um, uh, it would be a girlfriend. Any girlfriend. Mm-hmm. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm totally kidding. Myself. Totally kidding. Someday. Someday I'll have it. No, my, uh, my second thing was uh, um, uh, tell me I've got tickets to go see uh, Tame Impala in Ibiza. That's uh, that's that's the killer app for me right now. <clears throat> I got to see uh, Kevin Parker and the boys uh, stun uh, the crowd back in October, and it was one of the seminal moments of my life. And uh, uh, man, I would love to see him on the uh, the new album tour, um, but uh, but not like not like at the freaking Starplex. Starplex is is, is, is it, Starplex is is a hole, and uh, nobody likes that place. But you haven't been uh, lately, uh, have you? It's been redone. No, I've not it's been really since nice. they redone it. Yeah, um, yeah, but it's like in Fair Park, so that's uh, that's that's a problem for me. What's Ibiza? Uh, I, I don't like the drive. Ibiza is a party island off the coast uh, in the Mediterranean. Okay, uh, that is a uh, popular uh, hangout spot for uh, models and and rich people and uh, uh, people who own yachts and things like that. If you're a supermodel, you've spent weekends in Ibiza many times before. And that's what is I that where like. the Friday Festival was? The, no, uh, no, that was in the Bahamas. That was in the Bahamas. You silly person. Um, no, Ibiza is a uh, uh, is off the coast of uh italy i believe italy france and uh, or italy spain and uh, yeah so it's a, a lovely tropical uh tropical island that is known for its party scene and uh yeah that's that's what i want kind of like uh you were talking about going out and uh, just just going to a bar somewhere yeah i think we're all dying to just go people watch I think that that would be pretty kick-ass right now. Um, that's one of my one of my favorite things to do is just uh, go. Wow, look at the look at the people. That's one of the best things about. Yeah, I know Steve Martin. That's one of the best things about uh, <laughs> about uh, concerts. One of, other than I love going to concerts, and um, yes. man, I have a couple this summer in July that I hope are still 
going to happen. But I was actually <sighs> supposed to go see Letter Kenny live uh, next week. You know, okay. the, the cast of Letter Kenny is going on a tour, right. and they kind of sit on stage and, and just do skits and stuff. So I have tickets Isn't for that them. The weirdest phenomenon these days. Yeah. I guess it's start. We give Monty Python the credit for starting something like that, I think. Yeah. But um, we went to go. I took the kids uh, about a year ago. Um, heck, was it for Zoe's last birthday? Yeah, probably a year ago. Uh, we went and saw Impractical Jokers live. Oh, wow. And uh, I, I don't think we ever talked about it. You know, it was, it was cute. It was fun. It was. It was definitely worth going to. It was a Toyota Music Factory, so the location was good. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's four guys come out on stage and they make a couple of jokes and then they roll tape and then you sit there and watch a monitor for five minutes and then you come back out and they tell a couple of jokes and uh, hmm. you know maybe involve the audience in it and then they roll tape and you watch a monitor for another five minutes and uh, rinse and repeat. Well, the difference between decided, that and Letter Kenny Live is that they just literally perform stuff from the show on there instead of watching the show they'll just recreate it and then a lot of their okay. a lot of their stuff is is new material as well i'll go ahead and okay. tack on to, tack on to, to bills for my second would be going to a concert um i miss i go to a lot of concerts probably too many for my budget but i still um want to go and i would consider you know be sorely tempted to uh to break quarantine to, to go see some live music, especially a, a band that I really, really enjoyed. Now, is there a, uh, is there a band above all other, uh, or, or a comedy act above all others that, uh, would, would make your heart sing with delight? Um, a band that I have seen more than any other band would be incubus. And in fact, that's one of the concerts that I had planned for July. Me and the kids are going, but, um, I never get tired of them. They always put on a great show and it's always something different. So, um, uh, it would be, it would probably be Incubus. Um, nice. Hey, good answer, you know, man. Um, what, what about you, Frank? What's the, uh, next on your list? Well, um, just dovetailing up what you were talking yeah. about. Uh, um, you know, the, uh, one of the co-founders of Fountain of Wayne, uh, passed away from COVID-19. Yeah. Uh, um, oh my God. Really? I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, found, found, I have all of Fountain of Wayne's stuff, uh, all those things. I'm a huge Fountain of Wayne fan, and uh, and that was so disappointing. He had such a such a fun. The way he wrote music was just so much fun and poppy and rocky, and uh, I've heard it put in the category of power pop. That's kind of like my jam, and and that's kind of a shame. I guess Didn't it's kind they of do sad that song, that Stacy's Mom? That would be their biggest hit. Was that, they also, that was them? They, yeah. They also did um, That Thing You Do. Uh, that was written by Adam um, <laughs> the, the, from, from the Tom Hanks movie. Um, also, uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I think they wrote a lot of the music. He wrote a lot of the music for, for that show, too. Anyway, he's a real talent, and that's just kind of a shame. I will ask. Uh, but, I'm not real familiar with them, so I'll ask You Know Who to play me some of that later so I can, okay. so I can get familiar. Um, as for the stuff that, that I miss, you know, uh, every year around April, uh, a friend of mine, she throws a big crawfish birthday broil and uh and she had to cancel it this year 
And that was always like almost like a big reunion uh, because she did it right and uh, uh, just had had pounds and pounds of the stuff. And they just had a long table and they would cook and people would play cornhole and just kind of hang out. And it was an all day event. And I was always like the, the kickoff to spring or summer or however you want to look at it. And that got canceled this year. And maybe for the past 10, 15 years, that thing's been going on. And uh, it's just a shame that that happened this year. I guess I guess I uh, I guess I wish that had happened because it, it you know you go to it every year and then the first year it doesn't happen. You kind of realize how much how important it is, how much fun it is, or what it represents. You know, just just the the beginning of of the hangout season, I guess you'd call it. I, I don't know, but, but the kick off the spring, but uh, that crawfish spoil with all those stinky crawfish, smelly things, those mud bugs with all those spices and everyone's nose is running because everything is so spicy and, <laughs> and but you're drinking beer to kind of, kind of bring down flame. That's I, I miss that. I miss that. Next time yeah, you go I'm, pick I'm, up groceries, get a package of frozen shrimp and just leave it in your sink for a couple of days. And then okay. after a while, you're going to feel like you're back at that crawfish bowl. Ah, thank you, Brad. Well, there was a creek I used to hang out with when I was a kid with some friends. There'd be crawfish in there. I could, I mean, it's a three-hour drive, but I could go try and get you some. <laughs> you I know what's like funny? Have, I just have to leave them on your front porch, I guess, and walk away. You know what's funny is I didn't even like crawfish. I, I maybe ate one, two, or three uh, that whole day, and then I would nosh on a potato. <laughs> I would walk around with a potato on a stick and just... Uh, I don't know if I should admit this. This would make me a very bad Louisianan, but uh, I have never once, uh, I've never once pinched tail and sucked head. Or is it pinch head and suck tail? I I have no idea. What do you do with crawfish? It's one of the two. Oh, come on. You just put them directly in the (laughs) trash. That's what you do. You put them directly, you buy them, you buy a big plate. That's that's what I, yeah. At the restaurant, and then you, as soon as the waiter, Sets it down in front of you. You can you go. Yeah. Hey, I'm done with this. You can t- go ahead and take it. <laughs> that's when uh, that's when I, I put it on the ground and let the dog uh, take care of it for me. You know it's bad when the dogs won't even touch it. It's just like oh man, oh the dogs uh, too chicken to uh, to go for the spices, huh? Okay, fine. <laughs> hey, we hit the we hit the thirty minute mark. You wanna you wanna wrap this puppy up? Unbelievable. Yeah, we can go ahead and do that. I gotta use the restroom anyway. I got easy to rest your memory. I think your audio dragged for a moment on my side, and you sounded a little intoxicated. That's just, that's just the whiskey that's, in my uh, hot tea. That's the uh, the number one thing about the social isolation is everybody's talking on Zoom and Skype, and so everybody sounds like they're drunk all the time. Mm-hmm. That does amuse me. It's not as good as people watching, but it's as close as we're going to get for a while, so I'll take it. I've been recording daily uh, videos on my phone and putting them up on Facebook, you know, uh, yes. but just for grins once I, I, on my phone, I took, um, one little clip and I slowed it down at half speed and it was pretty amusing. It sounded like I was <laughs> super <laughs> sleepy drunk. Uh, <clears throat> Frank, do you have the boiler plate with you? 
Uh, I'll go. I'll do it from memory. Uh, thank you very much for listening to a half hour wasted. Uh, the only commercial free podcast left on the internet. That's right. We don't do promos of any kind. No We're square not selling space, out. No Casper mattress. Nothing. This is coming to you free, baby. Uh, uh, we want to ask you to write to us at halfhourwasted at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at halfhourwasted. And uh, we're so glad you're listening. We love all of you. And with that said, this is Frank. And Brad. And this is Bill. Please uh, look for my new podcast, The Purple uh, 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 Duckies Hour, coming up soon. All right, and with that said, we'll see you next time on Half Hour Wasted, brought to you by Squarespace.